mysterious robot mole rat and masked mysterious men from the mysterious planet named Mysteroid. Get ready for mystery in The Mysterians. That was really impressive. How many mysteries are in this mystery of the Mysterians? That, awesome. that is the main mystery. That's awesome. You know what? <laughs> this movie had surprised me because I completely forgot Mogera was in this. Well, that was the real mystery to me, uh, too, Alex. Was what is what was what was the reason we chose this as a monster movie again? Oh yeah, Mogera. Yeah, yeah. I completely forgot. <laughs> that originated here. You know, well, and, uh, and me and Eric have we, get- we have decided like if we ever have a movie that's like kind of in line with our series, and we can't figure out what monsters in it, man is the monster. And I was like, is this one of those where we decide? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, it it's not. It turns out. It turns out there is a monster, Mogera. Um, and I guess the Mysterians are our monster as well. Yes. Would you say? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. And this is the start of our new miniseries. Last week we did SSSS uh, Gridman with Professor Kaiju. Uh, kind of just as a little break and a little surprise episode uh, for you all. But this week we start in with our mini Toho series, our second one, which was voted on by our patrons and also Twitter. Uh, and they both actually came to the same conclusion, and that was. Toho in space. So we are starting with the Mysterians this week and next week. We've got battle in outer space. Ooh, very exciting. Very exciting. I know. I we'll see. We'll see how we viewed this series compared to the last series. Um, but we'll do a recap after all. We have four movies prepared in this series, and we'll kind of do a recap after all eight movies. And then, uh, for those of you that are planning ahead, you're listening experiences of MVM. <laughs> We've got some uh, special holiday content that will be coming your way uh, this holiday season that Alex and I are both looking forward yeah, to. These are just like Christmas, just these little gifts that we're going to give to you all. Yeah, these are just. You're not going to know what they are. The Santas. <laughs> I'm Santa and Alex is an elf. I just decided. <laughs> <laughs> and you will get a holiday surprise here come Christmas time. Oh. Uh, yeah. But let's go ahead and jump into the Mysterians, Alex. Uh, enough mystery on our end. Let's talk about the film. Uh, why don't you jump in and, and do our film introduction for us? Yeah. So in the Mysterians, Honda went for a different approach pure sci-fi on a planetary scale. Honda even said himself in regards to this film, I would like to wipe away the notion of East versus West and convey a simple, universal aspiration for peace, the coming together of all humankind as one to create a peaceful society. The question for you, Eric, that you asked last week, did the Mysterians bring the mystery or were you filled with misery? Hmm. Well, like we've said with our, several of our previous films, of Toho films, Alex, there's a lot to enjoy with the Mysterians. I, I definitely feel like this is the perfect film to showcase Honda's humanism and his brotherhood of man theme that feels so pervasive in his films. 
in this one, it's very pervasive and so pervasive that it feels a little heavy handed. But, you know, I'm a fan of the characters and the character moments in the movie. There's some genuine moments of tension where characters are afraid for their lives and are put in personal moments of crisis. I also really think the Mysterians um, are an interesting alien species. And anything involving the negotiations between them and the humans, to me, had me engaged. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, the science fiction action just doesn't do a lot for me. The lasers and gamma rays aren't super exciting. And there are a lot of lasers and gamma rays in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I feel pretty much the exact same as you. Uh, The film handles its characters well. Uh, It handles the doom-like presence of the Mysterians better than something like Atragon. Uh, because there, you never forget what's at stake, I don't feel like, throughout the movie. I really like the Brotherhood of Man, which this mm-hmm. film shows the entire world working together with a common goal, which I really liked. Not something we've seen a lot uh, from this Toho series, or any of the Toho films, really. Now, then, you're right. While Mogera, like was this really fun appearance, the incessant laser battles is quite (laughs) boring. Like people complain about the Heisei beam battles, but this one really takes the cake. This is two static items shooting at each other forever. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough, right? Because uh, I understand there are limitations to the technology and special effects of the time. And so I'm, I'm not holding it too harshly against the movie, but I think you can look at it and, and say, yeah, I mean, this was probably a little bit too long. I think that's a fair criticism <laughs> and one that, that uh, you know, maybe Honda would agree with if, if he had a lens that we had looking back on it. Now. Yeah, let's, let's um, put words in Honda's mouth. I think this is a good way to go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. We'll, we'll see. I, I could be completely wrong too. He's probably he would probably criticize us for being lazy viewers. Yeah. Uh, to to like uh, he he's probably Martin Scorsese. You know. Yeah. He's like you guys are too used to your theme park <laughs> attraction Marvel movies well, that you can't sit and and not be bored at a little laser action in the mysterious. Mm, yeah, I mean, my favorite Honda quote is, "Wow, Transformers Four is my favorite." <laughs> I love that Honda <laughs> quote. I really do. That was great. That was better than the one, the film introduction. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> back to the film, Alex. One of the aspects that I was surprised about was actually the end of the film. There's this clear moment when the Mysterians are about to be blown up um, and the Mysterian victims are unmasked. They're clearly scarred and they're suffering, which is linked to what Shiraishi uh, said about 80% having deformities. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I've got to question a little bit how this got through the Japanese censors. Because I've seen the Japanese censors cut off stuff stuff with far less detail than like the deformities that we see, which may or may not look similar to maybe a burn victim. Hmm. Um, and then we see a moment later, to top it all off, the base explodes and we see a mushroom cloud raised in the air. And I think it's a moment that I'm just still trying to wrap my head around. This movie had a lot of, shall I say, 
mysteries for me, Alex. Um, <laughs> questions uh, that I'm, I'm still trying to wrestle with a little bit. I think I like this aspect of the film and it stands out to me, but I haven't quite figured out what was trying to be said. Do you have any ideas here? Well, as for the censors, I think maybe because, you know, like any copy I could find of this film, it was so blurry, maybe you couldn't tell. <laughs> but, really, <laughs> yeah. but really, I think it probably got past the censors for two reasons. A, the scarring didn't really look like typical scarring that would have been caused by the radiation from Nagasaki and Hiroshima. It doesn't look like anything from that hidden or that lost Ultra 7 episode. It doesn't right. look anything like, I mean, even Godzilla's skin is intended to look mm-hmm. that way. I don't think it looks anything like that. I saw like them kind of turning blue. You know, they were a little deformed and stuff like that. Um, but the bomb Im- imagery, while devastating, I'm not sure if mushroom clouds have a history of being uh, censored because mushroom clouds aren't exclusive to nuclear bombs. Right, right. So I, I know the imagery is now associated with nukes but i'm not sure if even then uh, it probably was but i feel like it's so common in film that maybe it's not something that they would have censored i don't know maybe not yeah and and i could be i could be wrong there it just it felt like a a clear illusion and and maybe maybe i'm off but it felt like a clear illusion that maybe somehow just made it past the censors or maybe i'm completely off base and it doesn't resemble any sort of burn victim whatsoever. And <laughs> the mushroom cloud is just a coincidence. I mean, I, I, I feel like I've just seen. I doubt it's a coincidence. There are a couple, there are a couple Ultraman and Ultra 7 episodes that, you know, we've, we've had access to that seemed like they were censored for, for less, yes. uh, maybe. But the, now the Ultra 7 episode. I understand. Like that one well, is is a little bit and more. Graphic. Also, remember that there is likely a difference in censorship for TV versus movies. That that's true too. That is true too. Yep, that's a good point. Um, another aspect or mystery, Alex, <laughs> of this film that I'm trying to figure out is the role of women. Um, mm. There's a specific scene that stood out to me. Because we've we haven't encountered anything like it in any of Honda's films before, and it's that scene. I think it's Kochi. Um, Kochi's in the bath, and she sees the Mogera approaching in the distance. I, mm. I found that scene to be reminiscent of something from a horror movie, and I actually really liked it. Yes, um, we have never seen any sort of suggestive material at all, right? right. Can you think of any other scene that was suggestive like that, like a, a woman in a bathtub? Uh, you know, probably not. I mean, the only thing I think that's like maybe suggestive is in a movie we haven't done yet, Matango, uh, mm-hmm. that we did with Giant Monster Messages, I believe. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, probably as suggestive as I saw anything get. You know, and like it's not explicit in any way, shape, or form, right? Right. But there's something. Oh there's wait something... a minute! What am I saying? Yeah, Eric, yeah. Terra Mechagodzilla. What's oh <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> that is you're right. Terra Mega Godzilla is pretty explicit. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that's a good point. But I I think 
1957 versus when was Mechagodzilla? 75, I think 74. 74. Yeah. Yeah, 74. Yeah. I don't, we just didn't see this from Honda. Like, we didn't see this sort of um, tactile, I, I would almost call it, uh, vision of like, like the. Oh, you're at a loss of words. You must have enjoyed this scene, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm trying to think of how to word it. It, It's not even sensual. It's not even. But it's it's suggestive. In any way. Maybe. Suggestive is probably the best word for it, where um, you just have that little moment, but it feels there's a vulnerability. There's another word I'm looking for. There's a vulnerability in the act that actually adds to the terror of the scene. And that's, I think that's what we get with a lot of scenes like this that are suggestive Mm. is there's an element of vulnerability there. And I I actually found that moment really interesting. And then later on, of course we get Kochi kidnapped. Um, And it just seems like there's a general feeling overall that women might be a little bit vulnerable and, and, they might be treated as mates more than people. Hmm. It's just another one of these threads that I'm chewing on here. And I'm wondering what can be made with the role of women in this film. Ooh. Yeah. I I think that one is a really tough one. Um, I think that Mysterian's perception of, of women, I guess, especially a lesser species of women, you know, they're not comparing themselves just to women. They're comparing themselves mm-hmm. to Earth's humans, women. So mm. since they are so scientifically advanced, we see how cold they are and logical. And that they, I think it actually kind of makes sense that they would think of a species that they consider inferior, but also useful as it makes sense. Their logic makes sense, even if it is completely heinous, right? Right. I also appreciate that this deal, when they ask for uh, specific mates or just any mm-hmm. women mates at, or female mates <laughs> at all, uh, I like that it's never even considered by humans. There's not, yeah. there's not a single moment where they're like, well, maybe. And it, it, yeah. it doesn't, it, to me, I didn't see a moment where that happened. Now I did see a moment where one of the, I guess one of the brothers, he goes over and he talks to him and he's like, Hey, this is what they want. Like, I kind of want to break the news to you, but I didn't get the feeling that there was ever like, Hey, maybe we could just give them, give them away. So they never became, I don't think they ever really became objects to humanity, but they did become objects to the Mysterians. And I think it could be a cautionary tale of the advancement of science and the risk of becoming so logical that you lose all of your humanity. Yeah, there's that line. That's a good point, Alex. Uh, There's that line where um, the older scientist talks about how science knows no distinction. Mm. And he's kind of more like the the, the hardcore scientist that, that turns a little bit. He actually like shows his humanity a little bit a little bit later on when he says sometimes scientists have to um give up their their honor a little bit that's my that's my that's my line all right right. (laughs) sorry sorry (laughs) Uh, we'll we'll stick to that but you know i i I like that that's a good point because there is that thread of science um and like the the advancement of science and and how it can maybe create take away the emotion in some sense and just look at the logic and how 
there's a specific line maybe there that you don't want to cross. Yes. Um, which I think is interesting. Um, and so maybe I'm succumbing to that ideal <laughs> whenever <laughs> I think about the fact that none of the humans ever considered that. It seemed a little unrealistic to me. You know, like if you had this huge threat, hmm. um, I, I just feel like there would be, maybe this is a cynical side of me. I feel like there would be like some sort of, conversation or dialogue there some sort of conflict hmm. with the humans yeah. to, to hash this out and there never was um but you know i like the idealism yeah well i, I, I do yeah well I, and, and you're probably right that's probably not a realistic aspect but i do think it really leans into that notion of what honda was saying about east versus west like working mm-hmm. together and that's not just uh that's humankind in his quote that he that he is yeah. specifying so I, I like that he makes all of humanity one force instead of having them turn on each other, which is the reasonable thing, probably, yeah. to have at least a few people be like, hey, why don't you just do this and get it over with? But True. it also shows humanity being smarter and knowing this isn't all they want. <laughs> right? They, they, they make the point, yeah. they're like, there's no reason they would only want three kilometers of land. Right. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. That's true. It's true. Um. So before we move on, Alex, uh, MVM Plus today, we're going to talk about Godzilla Singular Point and the trailer that was released. And we're going to continue some of our basically speculation that we've done in the past weeks. Um, Another question I want to ask you, what was the time, what's the time in your life when you have laughed the hardest? Oh, yeah. When have you laughed the hardest? uh, And what were you laughing at? So we'll talk about all that in MVM Plus, and I'm sure we'll have a good time. But you know who I want to hear from in regards to Mogera specifically, Ooh. Alex? Who? It's the, the theometer. Welcome back to Utter Femother This Week. This week, we're talking about the Mysterians. Have you ever heard of the Mysterians before, Theo? I like. I saw a little bit of a replay like a few seconds ago. A few seconds ago, we saw a few seconds of a replay of the Mysterians. All what? right. Well, in this clip, you're going to see the reveal of a monster named Mogera. Are you ready? Ready. Right. All right. Here we go. And tell us. Tell us what you see here on the screen as oh, it appears. Yeah. Rocks are crashing down. Okay. There. Like, what is okay. this? I forget its name. This is Mogera. What does it look like? I feel like he looks like... Like what? Robot. <laughs> I want to make a robot reaction. I like it. No, that, that works. That works. Yeah. On your, your Theo scale of scary, how scary is Mogera? A sex. A six. Okay, great. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Mulgara is a six. This has been another Femoder this week. All right, welcome back in to our awards, starting with the coolest character award. Alex, who do you got? Uh, Dr. Kinjiro Adachi. Um, I like uh, I, th- I like him because he seems to know when and when not to act. He ha- mm. he. He is a very serious scientist who takes his profession very seriously. But he also knows that sometimes you've got to do things different when it, when the time is right, which is going to be going into my uh, most memorable line award. Nice. What about you? Um, so mine 
ties to him in a in a second. But I'm going to choose uh, Harata's character as Shiraishi, um, and he gets this award for that moment at the end when he takes over what Asumi was doing and proceeds to destroy the Mysterium base, mm. where Asumi played by Kenji Sahara, he seemed panicked a little bit and rushed when he was like shooting and destroying the, <laughs> yeah. the Mysterium base. Shiraishi was just so cool and calm and collected and just looked like a genuine bad A while methodically destroying the base. You know, I saw someone on Twitter used to have the profile picture of him with the red helmet and the mm. cape. And for the longest time, Alex, <laughs> before watching this movie... <laughs> I thought it was evil Knievel. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but I do, I do really like, I do really like the the Mysterian costume and outfit, and that's a genuinely really cool moment with the with the character that I. This is another character I just I didn't quite understand this character. Mm. I guess, um, but I did like that moment where. Uh, you know, Adachi, who, your coolest character earlier on, criticized Shiraishi for having an unfinished report. You know, yes. he's like, this is an incomplete report at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and then at the end, Shiraishi gives them the second half of the report yes. to Atsumi. And it's just so awesome. I love it that awesome. because I completely forgot about that. And then it comes back at the end. It's so good. <laughs> it is good. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about your most memorable line award? Uh, so my most memorable line award, I chose it because it just surprised me. I wasn't expecting it at all. And it's when the Mysterians are negotiating uh, with the five human scientists, essentially. Uh, and they've, they've given all their demands. And you think they've given the last of their demands. And they have one more demand. And it's also, we Mysterians wish to mate with your Earth women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just so surprising. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's where we're heading with this. It, well, it, it seems so reasonable. You're like, oh, yeah, well, sure. Just a little bit of land, sure. And then they, they throw that on. You're like, ah, about that. And then, and then they're like, these five women, we've chosen them. And we have three already. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of reminds me of this uh, moment later in the, in the film where they know all the people that they want to talk to. Mm-hmm. But and there's like no way that they should have known that. I really like that moment. Just uh, well, that's an aside. Yeah, yeah, that was right before. Whenever they went in. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, that's that's a great moment too. Yeah. Uh, so my line was from Doctor Kinjiro Adachi, as Eric tried to steal this earlier. Uh, it's this involves the fate of the human race. A scientist cannot be concerned with honor or shame. Which I, I really yeah. like that line. That line is really prevalent in Shin Godzilla as well, where we see all these scientists who only care about their honor and they're afraid of shame by guessing wrong. And I like I like seeing that through line of something that this is something that scientists worry about and it can hold science back in a way, just worrying about those two things. That's a that's a good connection to Shin Godzilla, Alex. I like it. Yeah. Um what about your can't believe that acting award? Uh, mine's gotta be, <laughs> mine's gotta be uh, Akihiko Harada as Ryochi Shirashi, but it's not for the reason most people probably would think. Mine's for the hilarious monologue that happens as he walks down the longest tunnel ever, and he just keeps shouting lines of dialogue as he keeps going. And as soon as you think it's done, he keeps going. 
And like I was dying laughing because I was like, "How long does this thing go?" And then suddenly he's blown up, and everybody and, and everybody has to run away. But it, it's just so funny, and I, I think it's completely yeah. unintentional. But it, it, yeah, it's pretty good. It's not intentional. <laughs> yeah. Hey, quick aside, Alex. I've got to say, I'm really been impressed by your pronunciation this episode. Oh, thanks. Like, what's going on with you, man? Like that. I, I'm a I'm a learned man. <laughs> like that you just said a bunch of words really quickly in Japanese that sounded good. I'm, Maybe Kyoitoshi will be impressed. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a message now. She's about now she's gonna pick it apart and make sure that I got it right. Which I appreciate, which is maybe why I'm finally getting a hang of this. Well, maybe I'm just impressed, and and that's good enough, Alex, for you. Well, I think if I can even speak, you're impressed, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Not true, not true. All right. Uh, My Can't Believe the Acting Award goes to the American leader guy. Right, I can't find his name. I, I've been looking for him. I'm sure, speaking mm-hmm. of Kyoe, she, she probably will know his name and his actor's name. Um, but his Japanese, whenever he talks, it just feels pretty labored. And then he just mixes in random English phrases like, good news, good news, before he presents this new weapon that's going to help them destroy the Mysterians. And mm-hmm. then <laughs> later on, he says the line, Give him the ray, right? And it's just, it's so, it feels a little it's so, out of place. It, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Give it's him what the you're ray. saying. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Jam. Uh, but Jam. <laughs> Jam. It's one of those lines. It absolutely is. Uh, so that brings us to our standout effect award. And mine is uh, Mogera's Reveal. Uh, I yes. love when the mountain, when the mountain starts to crumble there. I, because I was also genuinely surprised because I forgot the <laughs> kaiju in this movie. Me too. Uh, so I was genuinely a little surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, that uh, right. I, I've seen that on the poster before. Um, but I completely forgot. And the reveal is pretty cool. I always like when we get a cool reveal where, you know, there's something mysterious and maybe something happening with the earth. And all of a sudden, there they appear, kind of out of the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool moment. Really, really cool, moment. Really cool effect. Uh, another re- yeah, really cool effect was one of the during the I think it's the second attack on the uh, Mysterians ship, and there's a tank going up towards it, and then the ground underneath the tank starts to spin. And yes. like suck it yeah. down, and then the guy tries to jump out to escape, and he still gets <laughs> sucked in. It is yeah. awesome looking. It is a really cool effect. I, I was pretty impressed by it. I gotta say, that was pretty well done. I, I remember that specifically. That was good. What about your? Uh, oh, that's a good shot award. You know, <laughs> I didn't have a lot that I really loved, but I did like the actually. You know, <laughs> I talked about that moment with Shirashi. <laughs> Where the the way too long monologue as he walks down a tunnel, um, but the actual shot of the tunnel as the fire starts to come out of where he had just gone is actually a, a pretty cool tunnel. It's got like a really nice sci fi element that I really liked, and yeah. it, that was probably is the best that I could find. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, you know, we haven't talked about the Mysterians base. And like that whole set. That's true. I think some of the sets here are fantastic. Yes, they are. I, I really like them. Um, whenever we were there, either in the base uh, or like the, the ship in space, like both both of those are really cool. Um, 
and that is a great shot that you mentioned, Alex. Uh, that really is. Mine is, I think they're all scientists. Um, but it's when the five scientists, you, you talked about that moment when, when their names are called yes. to come negotiate. And the five scientists are all walking towards the Mysterian egg base, I'll call it, right? Yeah. Uh, and you have, I think it's Mount Fuji is there on the right-hand side. And you get this long shot and you see all five of them walking side by side yes. towards that base. It's just a really cool image. Um, I, I, I really liked it. Uh, and the more I talk about this movie, the more I realize there's actually some memorable moments in this film yeah. that maybe I wasn't appreciating uh, as much when I was first watching well, it. So. <laughs> and, and when they go in the base, it's got that really cool effect where it looks like they're kind of fading into the base, but it's like... That is cool, yeah. It, it, they're actually just walking into a door with a lot of fog, I guess. <laughs> it, yeah, it's yeah. really neat looking. And they have to put on the uh, capes oh, yeah. that are... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny, too. I liked it. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump into our rating and ranking then. Um, and I guess I'll start first. So okay. for me, I think the Mysterians is a fun ride with some very interesting characters. But once again, it falls into this trap that I think we've seen in several films now in this Toho series, where it has a fantastic setup that doesn't quite deliver. Within the first five minutes, we get an interesting relational dynamic that we never even talked about right in this episode because it doesn't come up that much. Mm-hmm. But there's an interesting relational dynamic between Atsumi, the Shiraishi brother and sister, and Iwamoto. But that is quickly put on the back burner, right? Because Mogera comes into place. And I like Mogera. I think Mogera's design is cool. Yes. And I think Mogera has the potential to be awesome. And effects-wise... There's a lot to admire. As I said, my standout effect was Mulgara's reveal. But during his reign of terror, which does actually take up a lot of screen time, <laughs> I don't know if we had built the personal connection to care about the stakes involved. Um, I do think the alien negotiations with the humans just a little bit later on is one of the stronger aspects of the film because it builds up that mystery. I do think... <clears throat> The conclusions that Honda is going for are a little heavy handed as well as far as the the brotherhood of man theme. I like it. I like it. I just think this is the one where he pretty much like spells it out. He he, he does a lot of telling us versus showing us. Mm. So for me, um, I, I gave this a three out of five. I, I'm leaning a little bit. Maybe in our recap episode, this might go up a little bit because as I've, I've, as I've talked about it, I've realized it has some interesting questions and dynamics to consider. So maybe it'll bump up, but right now it's at a three out of five. And I did place it, I do place it currently above Atragon in my list hmm. of Toho films. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think I'm too far off you. I think, I think you and me are kind of lockstep a lot with this one. You know, I, I enjoyed this one most of the way through. I think it manages its tone really well, better than... Uh, Astragon managed his tone. And I think it really managed the Mysterians really well. They, they, they mm-hmm. seem just odd and cold enough to be threatening. Um, and uh, that intrigue of what they really want and what's actually, what's going to, how, how are humans going to defeat them really, really had me, had my attention. Now, mm-hmm. I will say that the characters, while pretty interesting i didn't fall in love with 
And Mogera is a lot of fun, but I think he's almost on screen for a little too long. The yeah. that's where like these the biggest weaknesses for this film is that we get a we we spend a little too much time firing at things. Uh, the Mogera one I was enjoying because there is this like kind of sense of like what is happening, what's attacking mm-hmm. us. So I did enjoy that one, but then we attacked the base a couple times. And the final beam battle, like, holy cow. Like, I I never thought I would see two stationary objects fire at each other for so long. I think it really slows the pace down to a crawl. And while I like, and while I still like the moments in between the beam firing, it just, it just drags it down a little too much for me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can appreciate Honda's messaging. But I'm I'm like you I'm I'm not quite 100 percent sold on it, so I'm yeah. right there with you. I, right now it's a three out of five for me. Mm-hmm. But when I think about the early stages of the film, I think it really excels a lot more. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm kind of like wow. you. I'm I wondering. Like, yeah, I like your point about Mogera and it going on a little bit too long, but at the same time, it being kind of intriguing because you're not quite sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. That reminds me kind of of our you know, kaiju tropes that we've been talking about, right? Yes. Because really the Mogera piece comes into the panic and confusion part of that cycle, right? Is that's the panic and confusion. I think the film, honestly, I know Honda was trying to get away from um, kaiju, it seems, and, and go more for like the straightforward sci-fi battle. Yes. I think the film could have used Mogera at the end a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to come back bit. for some reason. I yeah. can't think he's going to come he, back. You know, he does make an appearance, but he's like gone, like automatically, <laughs> yes. like he's destroyed automatically. Like now he has no threat, and you're like, ah, uh, I don't know. I I think he could have been a bigger threat at the end because he was such a big threat at the beginning. Um, and that could have been interesting to kind of intermix with that laser battle to give give that laser battle a little bit more going on. Mm-hmm. So that would be. You know, it, that would be my. We, we've already put uh, Honda's words into this episode. <laughs> we've already projected what Honda's going to say. My advice to Honda. <laughs> so now I'm going to give Honda advice. My advice to Honda is next time bring Mogera back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you get another chance, bring him back. <laughs> All right. Listen, let's wrap this up, Alex, with our rhyme time. All right. Um. Do I need to buy you some time? No, I'm ready. Because what next up is Battle in Outer Space. Hopefully, it can keep a good pace. I hope it's not a disgrace. You know, so bad I have to use mace on myself. (laughs) 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 Oh, geez. I didn't even realize you were going. I I didn't even realize you were going yet. I was like, I was impressed. I just got, wow. Okay. Uh, It's because I flow so well, you know. I know, I know, man. It was just it was just such an easy flow. I, I didn't even realize. All right, here we go. Mine is uh, a little simpler than that. It says, when the battle from outer space concludes, will my prattle from cyberspace change moods? Ooh. Mm. Look at you, Eric. Mm. Keeping it short and sweet. Short and sweet and to the point. Mm. Um, so, as always, as we finish this up, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. On Letterboxd, we're Alex Cornett and Eric Neely. You can email us, mvmpod at gmail.com, or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. 
Uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, you can't support us monetarily, that's totally cool. Maybe you could leave us a review on iTunes. Your review really helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, <laughs> Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. I like how you edit the comma after uh, people were wondering about <laughs> rock band. I've done this. I've you must zone out because I've done this for the last three weeks. Oh my god! I must. I must. That's that's probably when I start tweeting at everybody, letting them know how great how great everything is. Oh boy! <laughs> I pay attention. <laughs>